Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2007, and what a year it was for my agency. We had come into our own. We were becoming a formidable competitor in the beauty space and also quick service restaurants and integrated marketing and public relations. More and more, clients were coming to us for full service capabilities. Now, we knew our sweet spot, and we also knew the power of partnership in those areas where we weren't that strong. Events was an area where I really didn't have the desire to take on um, any projects. So partnering with someone made sense. I turned to my media mom, Jamie Foster Brown. She was the publisher and is the publisher of Sister to Sister magazine. Jamie had all sorts of resources and was so connected to everybody. (sighs) In addition to Michael Jackson's mom and Brandy's mom, she knew who was who when it came to marketing, branding, and events because she was in it. She introduced me to Leslie Short. She was a founder of KIM Media LLC, and she was also the brains behind the brand of FUBU. How many of you know about FUBU? Now, if you're Gen Z or Gen Y, you probably aren't that familiar with FUBU or for us, by us. 1980s and 90s apparel brand built by four African-American guys who bootstrapped it to fame. In fact, you would probably know one of their names, Damon Johns. Damon Johns, of course, from Shark Tank, was one of the leaders in the group. I also became friends with Keith Perrin. I met these guys. Amazing business people. But Leslie was the one behind the brand. And what an amazing brand she was in and of herself. I thought she was a model. She was tall, thin, beautiful. But as it turns out, she was an international ballerina. She had been dancing in Japan, across Europe, even Asia. And within that time, learned so much about cultures and branding, marketing, and business. She brought that back to the United States and blessed the FUBU brand, blessed our brand because we partnered with KIM Media and did an amazing event, an award-winning event for what was then Alberto Culver, now Unilever, and their multicultural brands, including Soft and Beautiful. We launched a skincare line. Well, listen, since then, Leslie has launched a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultancy. It's called the Kavu Group. And she has a specific point of view on how to break the paradigm on DEI. I give my two cents too. Without further ado, I want you to meet Leslie Short of the Kavu Group. All right, everybody, I am so excited 
to have my friend of umpteen billion years, Leslie Short, on with me. She is the president and founder of the Kaga Group out of New York City. Leslie, it's so good to see you. It's been forever. It has been forever, but I am so happy to see you. I couldn't be prouder of you. Oh. Because we don't see each other doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. And same and here. <laughs> loving, loving everything you're doing. You know what? This is what I love about social media because over time, you accumulate so many friends and acquaintances and colleagues. And, you know, people joke because this show is the Culture Soup Podcast with L. Michelle Smith and friends. Like, you have to be my friend to be on the show. You can't pitch the show. But I had someone ask me one time, so how long will that go? Like, how many friends do you have? And I was like, you are not, you, you don't know me, do you? <laughs> this could go for years. Plus, I'm always making new friends. But Leslie is one of these friends that I've known. Okay, let's, let's, let's play the game. The last time I saw you in person, I, it had to be when I was in New York. Yes. For I see the hotel a, lobby. Yes. <laughs> was it, was it the black caucus? Maybe. It, it was either that or it might've been a hair care event that you did. No, because we've seen each other since the hair care okay. and all of that. And we worked on something else and we were about to pitch something else. Yes. Together. And then you came into the city. It was a quick visit. I know I met you in the at the hotel, the hotel lobby. Yeah. Did the hug and kiss. Good oh, to you're see right. You. You're right. And I think I was working at AT&T during that time. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So let's give everybody a little bit of history here. So both Leslie and I have an integrated marketing communications background. And mm -hmm. Leslie had an amazing event planning business. And it was called KIM Media LLC. It's still around. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know that. Keep yes. it moving is what KIM stands for. You thought I forgot. I didn't forget. Because let me tell you, this woman right here does not play. And just like that kind of yeah. sounded like maybe we were going to say play it and up relevate and. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for that. She's also. You know what? You might have been one of the first black ballerinas out there on the national, international stage. No, they, I mean, there were many before me that you didn't see them. You didn't hear about them a lot. But it's the same thing. If, if you didn't know me or if I didn't come back and was able to accomplish all the other things that I've been able to accomplish, most people may not know that either. Yes. Uh, we were just the best kept secret. Well, and it's interesting because I met you through Jamie Foster Brown from mm -hmm. Sister to Sister magazine, who has reinvented her magazine in the digital platform. You can yeah. follow them on Instagram and also see them online. And mm -hmm. I just got off the phone with Randy Brown, by the way. <laughs> Serendipity, I, I right? I was Washington. He yes. Speak. Yes. yes. So Randy is is one of Jamie's sons, close to that family. In fact, the last time I saw them, I was at the home going of their their dad, Jamie's um, husband, Lorenzo. Um, God rest his soul. He, I call them my media parents. Like they they were my other parents in the media, right? But anyway, there's that, and then there were the guys at Fubu. Yes. When I met you, you were actually at FUBU at the time. And I mean, people kind of know. Yeah. 
people kind of know some names from FUBU. Um, let's say Shark Tank. Okay. Yes. And yes, Damon Johns. Yes, yes, Damon Johns. And so Leslie's claim to fame during that time in her story career was actually launching the FUBU brand with these amazing fellows <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. went through the heyday, reinvented the brand at some point. Mm-hmm. And during that time, you started to run your own agency and KIM was born. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, I kept getting so many requests because people were like, how did you take these four guys from Queens and make them celebrities on red carpet, build this brand? You're doing all this other stuff. How can you come do that for me? And um, in the beginning, I was like, no. Yeah. No. Well, um, not everybody's Damon yeah. John. <laughs> but you know what? They worked. And yeah. that was the difference. Those guys worked. They worked hard. And so any client I have, you will have to work. Right, right. (laughs) You know what? Before we get deeper into your story and bringing everyone up to speed with what you're doing today, how about we have a culture soup moment? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So you can't swing a hashtag without seeing, especially on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. people talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like, you could follow that hashtag DEI for days. More and more, you have individuals, you have groups, you have companies that are having something to say on the topic. And you'll also see that the role for diversity chiefs and inclusion people and professionals in the space have mushroomed like crazy. Yes. Now, um, I have my ideas about this and some folks have heard me say on the show and also as I'm speaking across the country, but let me hear your take. Why now? Why? Let's just say the why. Why? Why now? Okay. I ask people the why. Because mm-hmm. nobody ever asked someone why. Why right. is this important to you? Right. Why do you feel it's needed? And what's the change you expect from this? Mm-hmm. See, the why now is, let me take you back to, to, to honestly, before George Floyd's murder, mm-hmm. the DEI departments were slowly starting to disappear. And all of a sudden you start hearing belonging. Yes. And because it's not working. And then George Floyd's murder happened, and all of a sudden, everybody had to have a DEI thing, and everybody was DEI, and if you were black or if you were Hispanic, everybody all of a sudden. And number one, no one took the time to say, what is the word diversity? Diversity, equity, and inclusion are three different words for three yes. different So number one, diversity is not black and white. Right. So we're already confused. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's gender, race, LGBTQ+, plus disability, sight seen and unseen, and veterans. Yeah. Okay. And so, women. And well, that's why I put under gender. So, yes. you know, that gender can be part of LGBTQ. Yes. Identify. But the simple fact is, most people looked and said black and white. I need to hire black folks. I need to hire black folks. I'm the first per- person that says, please do not hire black and brown people. Mm-hmm. So you are prepared. Yes. To do the work internally for the why. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's the setup. It is so a setup. Many, so many people got hired in it, and I'm not mad at them. They took these titles, and they, they went in, and they went in with all the intention to do the work. But the folks they went in to do the attention were, were not ready to do the work. Yes. You know what? Mm-hmm. I touch on this in the last chapter 
or so in my book. And I'm, I'm him and Hein about that because there's a different edition that's out now. And that <laughs> chapter may land somewhere else now in the mm-hmm. remakes. But no thanks. Seven ways to say I'll just include myself. This is the one part in the book where we turn and speak on this diversity, equity, inclusion situation as a role that may take you to the C-suite, right? There are all sorts of different diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging type roles. But this Wall Street Journal article that ran in 2020 finally said what I knew to be true and you probably knew to be true just by watching. Mm -hmm. There's a major revolving door on these jobs for some of the same reasons that you just enumerated. And most of these jobs are getting handed to and we're accepting by black women. One, because we believe it's the work. This is important. But you brought up a very important point, And that is, if the company is not prepared mm-hmm. to actually do the work and not just PR a couple of programs here and there, you're going to run into some issues, especially oh. as a professional. Let's just call it what it is. This is not a C-suite position. So no one walked in as a C-suite. There you go. So therefore, you're a, a voice but not a voice in the room. Yes. You do not have a budget, nor do you have a full staff. Yeah. You are part of the event team, yet you are not there to do events. Yes. You can't just walk into the CEO or, or C-suite meetings, and you don't have access to the PR, the marketing, the advertising, the event folks, the C-suite. You want me to keep going? Yeah. So therefore, you are there in a position that you can only execute for so much. Yes. And so... When I go in and I work with these companies, and, and, and in my book as well, it says the same thing. It's not about just showing up and have a speaker for once. Maybe that's a nice awareness, mm-hmm. but how are you going to continue this to do the work? And now what is the work? That's right. the next thing. Well, and this is one of the places where we get tripped up as black women mm-hmm. because we see this as the work. We see it as an opportunity to do it within a big company, maybe, maybe a small one, who knows. And then it may have that C title on it. But I encourage women to ask the right questions before Mm -hmm. they walk into these situations. Because one thing we know to be true is there is no real career path for this role. Right. And that in and of itself should tell you something. We have not yet seen a chief diversity, chief inclusion officer become the CXO in that C-suite. Well, because we haven't been, it hasn't been around long enough to, to, to figure that out because no one stays in the role long enough to actually try to, to move. Yeah. Well, they, they end up going to another company. They get pushed out. <laughs> they get pushed out. But here's the thing. They almost got pushed in some of them. Yeah. Because you are here and we want you to do this. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not interested. No, we want you to do oh, this. Yeah. And then it, it's that the door swinging and you're just trying to bob and weave. Yes. Um, to get through. The, then it's like you said, oh, well, I can maybe I can make a difference. I can do something. But the investment of tearing down and understanding that this has to be a foundation mm. of a company, firm, brand, organization, whatever you want to call it, and not an add-on. Yeah. Well, see, you just said something. You really yeah. do have to deconstruct it. And here's the question. Who's willing to actually do that? Because we were literally talking about centering the othered. 
Okay, we've got research out there that shows that in corporate America, white maleness is centered. Mm -hmm. There has to be some undoing. And that makes people very uncomfortable. How do you counsel your clients around this? I have managed to be able to do it because it's it's all about my approach to them. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the issue. We can't go in. We're taking this down. We're tearing this up. Black power, this, that, that. No, 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 no. My question, which is the first chapter of my book, is what's in your bag? Yeah. What? Who are you as added value to this conversation? Mm-hmm. I don't go down tearing everything. I have to figure out who they are. They have to know who they are yes. so that they can understand the conversations that need to be had with themselves and with their colleagues before we even get right. to staff. Right. And then this is not about, again, DEI. This is about what is your company culture? Yes. Are you prepared for the litany of everything that's under diversity? Do you even know what inclusion is or how it feels or what it looks like? Mm-hmm. This is a commitment from the mail room to the boardroom. Absolutely. You know, it absolutely has to be diffused and disseminated across the entire organization. It is unfair to the chief diversity officer to think that they're going to come in and rescue the whole entire thing. It's not going to happen. And if you have to rescue it, you're already in the wrong place. Right. See, absolutely. And and that's the whole thing. But you also have to be able to have these conversations to say, I'm not here to fix anything and I'm not here to change anything. And that's the first thing I say, Mm -hmm. that's not my job. Mm -hmm. What I'm here to do is work with you on a mind shift for equity. Yeah. And for you to understand that even though everyone may be under the same umbrella or office or Zoom, that everyone's path to get here is not the same. And everyone's path to move forward is not the same. So how do we make sure that there is clarity in that journey? I love that. So this may be a good moment. Tell us what the Kava Group is and how you came to found it. So the Kava Group, I work with organizations, brands, companies to expand beyond their current culture. And I do that through the diversity and inclusion lens. So whatever we're doing, whether I'm going through handbooks or whether I'm helping hiring or whether I'm doing sessions, because I don't like to say trainings, you train an animal, you don't train a human being, you know, whether I'm doing speaking engagements, I'm always going to do that through a lens of how can you see it another way? Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to walk in the shoes. I asked you to view it from a different side, through a different lens. And when people begin to, to step back and see that or think about it that way, that's when the mind shift begins mm-hmm. to happen. So that is a lot of what I do. Um, it started because of all the years of one, me being a classical ballet dancer and being the only one in countries, not in rooms, but in countries. Yeah. And I lived in America for 13 and a half years. I was in Europe for... For 10, I was in Japan for three and a half. I owned a business in Japan. Um, you know, a black woman, gajin, one with a mouth, all of that. Death wow. Sort of thing. It was the best, uh, one of the best businesses of 1994. Came back to America, produced for television, president of marketing advertising, you know, PR for FUBU. Did a lot of things in my life. But everything, I was always there to speak about the equity. You know, we weren't calling it that. No. You know, I- the mosaic marketing and I went through the multicultural marketing but it was always about who is speaking for whom mm-hmm. why are you speaking for something you are not aware of 
And I've always been that person. So I took everything I've ever done to say, I am so exhausted Mm. of hearing diversity and inclusion being thrown around like it's some magical black box that no one can figure out. And so I said, here we go. Well, you're right about that. It's been over 50 years since the first multicultural marketing program. Thank you to Johnny Johnson over at Ebony. God rest his soul. And nobody yet, I don't care how many Diversity Inc. top 50 lists you've been on and topped, has solved for this issue. Because we're looking at it as an issue. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at it as as segmented. You can't do this solo. Mm -hmm. You can't be, you can't have... Um, segregation within inclusion and inclusion within segregation. Yeah. yeah. See, and that's how it's being built. Has, that's how it has been being built. And so everyone goes, well, we have infinity groups. We're good then. Oh, yeah. I don't need to sit in the room and speak to you. Yeah. Now, as my friend, I want to sit and speak to you all the time. But why are we talking about the same issues? Who wears the conduit that's taking those issues and saying, here's what we have between all the groups. Here is a thread that we need. Can we start working on this thread? Yeah. And you know what? You hit the nail on the head. When you talk about culture, because culture really is that connective tissue between people. And it's not always about race. Sometimes it's religion. Sometimes it's sports. Sometimes it's music and entertainment. It's those things that bring us together no matter who we are. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad to hear you say that we are segmenting ourselves like over fracturing ourselves i was just saying this on the platform last week with dceo it's the dallas um d magazine's version of the business publication here and talking to a room full of de and i practitioners we have segmented ourselves so much that we have fractured our message yes but we have to be clear in the message and who you're giving the message to Mm -hmm. And you can't be scared to speak up mm-hmm. and to say, this is not working. This is not right. You know, I've looked at people that have chosen companies that want to choose what inclusion they want to do. And I said, that, no, no, seriously. I, I oh, was, I know. Like, Believe me. I'm sorry, what? You don't want, <laughs> then I'm not the person you need to have here. And I'm okay with saying that. Because see, the thing that I'm never afraid of is where a check is going to come from. Oh, yeah. And so, therefore, I'm going to speak the truth to help you actually have a mind shift as opposed to sitting and be quiet because you're paying me to fill the check, 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 check. You know, you know, it's interesting because I do a lot of organizational executive coaching and um, my one of my main partners is the executive leadership council. So I get a lot of diverse leaders that come to me for executive coaching and it's interesting when I learn how they became a part of the program Mm -hmm. and we're talking post George Floyd right right so you have a group that it's clear they were the high potentials before George Floyd happened they were put into this program because they were going to be accelerated into higher level positions and then you can clearly see the difference when there are other executives who haven't had the exposure to a coach or even the leadership programs. You know what? I'm glad for the access, but that they have no plans for these leaders. They just stuck them in there, just stuck them in there. And And I'll ask them like, who sponsored you? 
And mm. usually the answer is they heard from somebody in DE&I. And they don't really have a sponsor. Right. So um, my question then is, what is the plan after this for you? What are they telling you? Mm-hmm. And usually the answer is, you know, I really don't know. Or to make matters even worse, I have clients who paid their way themselves right. into these programs. But here's and, my thing mm-hmm. with that, Michelle. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. It goes two ways. Mm-hmm. We have to have a plan for ourselves. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. So waiting for everyone to give us the plan. Yes. If you open the door, I'm going to find my way through. Yes. I'll just if include you myself. Open the window, <laughs> I know how to get through. Yes. We are so busy waiting for the front door to open and be escorted in. And that's the I truth. don't need that. Yeah. I'm in. I'm going to figure out what I need to do for me, how I need to move, where I want to go. But I got to ask you something, Leslie, because this, this really does get to the core of my book here. You're yes, describing sir. a transformational leader. I understand that not everybody has those chops. I yes. do believe, however, it, it does spring from an entrepreneurial mindset. And because of your background, you can say that like, what? I'm going to go get what I'm supposed to get. I'm supposed to what I deserve. And I come to it that way. Like, I'm not going to wait for anybody. Whether I'm inside the company or outside the company, I'm going to get what's mine, right? Yes. How do you help people to shift their mindsets from a culture? Again, it's a culture, whether it's generational, whether it's racial, whether it's even faith-based that says, no, sit there. Someone will recognize you and they're going to okay. move you along. Just be patient. And you sit so, there 25 years and nothing. Nothing. So it's the same thing I say when African-Americans say to me, let's say I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I said, I know you're tired. I don't want to train them. I'm sick of telling people what I want. Then how will they know if you don't tell them? You will get what they think you deserve as opposed to what you even want and or desire or what you are worth. Absolutely. So therefore, if you're having a review, then have your backup of what you have done and how and what you want to move. Mm-hmm. And be able to say, I would like to do what Bobby's doing yes. one day. How do I get there? You know and what though? Path. Leslie, you just you just you hit on another one. And this is <laughs> cultural too. We are so used to speaking up for the group. Or for the company and not mm-hmm. for ourselves. So yeah. there are two things. Part of this mindset is sitting still because we're trying to, you know, toe the company line and be a part of the corporate body and not shake things up. Okay. There's right. that. Then yeah. there's the other piece that's like, I'm trying to stick with my brothers and sisters, right? So you're looking around at them. What are they doing? Okay. They're quiet. So I'm going to be quiet. What's foreign to us. And that is not culturally embedded in most of us, especially mm-hmm. those who didn't have parents that soared to the moon. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's rare. We don't think that speaking up for ourselves mm-hmm. is the right thing to do. And my question is, what would Jim do? Jim would. Right. Why not you? And it's also how you go about it. And so that's what I really help people formulate that conversation as well, because you know, some women say, well, I don't want to come off as the angry black woman or I don't want to come off at the hood dude. And I'm like, you're going to come off with your talent, your skills and your ambition to where you would like to go. But you have to have your plan to give them your plan and then say, now, 
how do I formulate this plan here with yeah. you? Yeah. And you have to be able to say it. And we can no longer sit back and go. And now I know grandma said, mom said, you get a job, you keep your mouth shut, put your head down. Don't you go in there talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> well, merchandising. What is that? You better be quiet. Mm-hmm. Toe the line. But we're in, you can toe the line. Yes. But you will continue to toe the line because here's, here's the biggest issue. We're assuming someone's thinking about it. There you go. There, look at, there you, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is, this is the problem. This is the problem. We go in there having no arrogant bone in our bodies, having been in corporate America, how many years and have learned how to talk the talk, have never raised a voice or had any kind of emotional outburst. And then we'll say, I don't want to come across as the angry black woman. Since when? Okay, first of all, you can be angry if you need to be angry because we have agency over our emotions just like everybody else. Right. Forget about what they're going to call you, but why would you even use anger in that situation? You're so polished already. That's what you put on. That's the labels that which we have feel that we always have to swipe off our back. And we're owning them without anybody putting them on us. Absolutely. The other thing is this false humility. Mm-hmm. I get so tired of this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if 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 I merchandise my work, I don't want to come off like, okay, first of all, I don't recall that you've bragged one day <laughs> in your corporate life. Why would you start now? And by the way, narcissists don't ask these questions about themselves. Okay. No. Narcissists just go in there and they're blazing and brash and they just do the, If you're asking... You're mm-hmm. demonstrating that you have the emotional intelligence to not know what to you're be. Right. And here's another thing. If you are someone that is a little bit more um, child reserved, mm-hmm. I want to say, then there's a way to still brag. I hope you were aware of the project that I worked on with Mary, Bob, and James. Yes. I really enjoy doing the research, the data, the this. Did you see that part of the project that gave me such joy to see it all come but together? But you know what? Those are facts. You said it. You just said it. Facts are not braggadocious. Right. And so we must step into who we are. But the next step goes back to what's in your bag. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Not where you think you always want to be and you're jumping over the hoops and not ready to jump. But being clear on your worth that it's a moment. Yeah. Not the ending. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, Leslie, let's take people back. Let's go back to when uh, Kim Media was born. Yes. And let's talk about your experience in multicultural marketing and event planning and how you shifted gears, how you made that transition to the Kava Group firm today. Absolutely. I mean, KIM was born again because so many celebrities were asking me to help them with their brand or design something for them because they saw in design, when I say events and marketing, when they saw what I was doing with the owners of Fugu and what I was doing with that brand in general. And I chose very selective clients in the beginning because I still was an executive at Fugu. Um, and so I was still doing that and traveling with KIM. And it grew, it grew into branding and marketing. I was doing PR. Then I cut off the PR leg of it because I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to help. I understand brand. that one. <laughs> uh, yes. 
we both were like, okay, thank you. Yeah, been there, no done that. And, you know, at one point I said, I don't care who shows up. Mm-hmm. When they when they show up, it'll be fabulous and my job will be done. There you go. I will build it and I will tear it down. So I became known for transformational um, events. And Beautiful. That Absolutely beautiful transformational yeah. events. Y'all, yeah. she did one for one of my clients. And I mean, goodness, you would have thought you were at New York Fashion Week. You know, it was in the middle of the summer. <laughs> and it felt like Fashion Week. And you entered into this this totally different existence. And you were able to experience the products in ways that you could only imagine. And, you know, this is why I brought Leslie to the table and we partnered a few times for some of my best brands and won some awards, too. Yes. But look, we were going understanding culture. Yeah. Was part of how do you bring culture alive mm-hmm. without having to slap someone in the face with it? Yeah, we didn't need drums and players yeah. because we're talking about African American hair or hair care. <laughs> like, you know. I say, don't bring me a gospel choir, please. Right. <laughs> there was some sophistication that because what my superpowers for event was having lived in Europe a very long time, and a lot of the luxury brands are in Europe, people knew that I understood the sensibility of the French offices or the European offices, but I knew the American way and I knew the American audience. So I was able to blend that. On top of that, I worked with a lot of Asian companies Mm -hmm. as well. And I was able to blend the Asian culture with the American culture to build Mm -hmm. um, unique and cultural events. Like people were laughing and be like, how are you the Asian expert? And that wasn't a label I gave myself. That was a label that my clients gave to me. Yeah. And so with all of that, again, with all the culture, with all the experience of travel, I said, there's a new way to speak about Mm -hmm. diversity, equity, and culture. When I say culture, I really mean culture. I don't mean going to visit and having an exotic dinner. And now I am. Oh, I understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted to have different conversations to the same old issues. And how do we begin this shift? And, um, you know, when I was looking for names, Kavu is an aviation term that is visibility unlimited or unlimited visibility. Oh, wow. I like so that. That's why my podcast is Visibility Unlimited. I see. Because I build on that because that's how I feel um, having these conversations about DEI culture. It's unlimited. You know, it's interesting because you touched on something that's also in speaks the message that I delivered last week. Mm. DE&I needs to be decoded. And what I mean by that is we have this language, just like most cultures do. You have Mm. these languages, you have these rituals, and they're very heady. They're very weighty and in some cases very wonky, which if you're trying to include another group that may not be diversity cheerleaders, this is not the way right. to win over their hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your thought about the terms diversity, equity, inclusion actually standing in the way of progress in the area? Well, again, that's why I say culture. I'm working with you to expand beyond your current culture through the diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. lens. Mm-hmm. And that can be understood. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't become so heavy for someone to feel that someone I've never walked in and told a white person they are a bad person or Asian person they're a black person or a black person. I'm like, let's speak about culture. Oh yeah. 
And that has been able to shift it for me. I also do a, uh, a session on words have meaning. Mm-hmm. And I, we break that down. And with certain companies, I'm like, let's build your vocabulary. Yeah. Well, and you know, sometimes we can be such brainiacs in this area, right? Like most of our terms have at least three or four syllables. Intersectionality, <laughs> psychological safety, cultural, you know, you, you could go down the list. And how off-putting can that be for people who may not have the advanced degree or even care to hear these kinds of words? Mm -hmm. When I speak of decoding, I talk about how there are some key big concepts that everybody Mm -hmm. gets that begin to speak to the heart and -hmm. not just the mind. Right. For instance, if you have compassion, racism can't exist. Boom. Okay. Can we describe compassion? Can we go deep on compassion? Can we have some sessions on it? Mm -hmm. If you're talking about respect, that's a broad term. Everybody gets it. Right. What's it mean to you? Yes. But if you have respect, there will be no mansplaining. Mm -hmm. So how can we go deep on the topic of respect? And then we don't have to worry about the microaggressions and the, you know, these big words. But again, it goes back to who are you? Yeah. What's in your bed? We can't do any of that until we understand from where we come from. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're bad. Your parents put you in certain schools. You oh, live yeah. with them. So it's none of that. But until we examine that, then it changes. The reason I wrote the book mm-hmm. was the simple fact of when you go and you look for books that are focused on DEI, love one day to partner with one. They're all written from PhD standpoint. Oh, yeah. They're all written very high brow. Mm-hmm. And so how do you expect someone in the midst of madness to take that and understand? I've read it now. How do I actually execute it? Right. I wrote my book so you can go and you can read. I wrote it as a love letter to CEOs and leaderships. And that's the first thing. Yeah. Like we're, we're sitting in a bar or cafe, whichever you want. <laughs> this is my conversation. This is our conversation. I love it. I wrote it that simple. So that it can actually be executed. So you mentioned the book. Give us the name. Tell us where we can find it. It is called Expand Beyond Your Current Culture, (laughs) a book on diversity and inclusion. It is Amazon, local bookstores, Walmart, Target, across the board, wherever you can find books. If they don't have it in the bookstore, they will order it for you. That's fantastic. Okay. And look, that's interesting. Love letter to the C-suite, to C-suite leaders. Kind of a back of napkin conversation sounds like to me. Why is it important to talk to these folks? Because the fish stinks from the head. Mm. If they're not invested. Yeah. You can do as many sessions. You can go as many times and you can twirl and talk about compassion and respect. I can go in and say what's in your bag if. The head of the company, firm, organization, wherever you're calling it, is not invested yeah. to, to even have a conversation about my shift and what's that doing. Mm-hmm. This, it will not work. Mm-hmm. And so it is necessary when I'm in a session and it may be with the junior staff or director staff, I call the the C-suite name. And I'm like, let me explain to you. I've had this conversation with them because a lot of people be like, come on, Leslie, did you have a conversation with them? Do they know? And I'm like, oh, absolutely. They know. <laughs> like, how do they expect you to get paid? <laughs> and, you know, for some people, I'm just like, not only do they know, but after all these sessions, I have meetings with them. Mm-hmm. 
and I share with them, look, this is, and they will say to me, what do we need to do? Yeah. And I have companies that, and some corporate companies of a lot of floors have come back and said, we are implementing exactly what you said. Will you continue to help us just make sure what we think we're implementing is exactly where you think we should right. be going? Let me ask you this one last question, and then I'll let you get back to your life. I think it's so important that we move from these courageous conversations that so many people are finally having. It's great mm-hmm. to courageous action. How are you talking to CEOs about making that happen? I go, what I really would say, what are you one willing to do? Not the banana up the tailpipe. What are you willing to do? What do we have the budget to do? What can we make happen? And then I start with low hanging fruit and I build up and I make sure that the conversation with the staff, they're uh, updated along the way. Yes, we just did this. This is what we're working on. When it comes to changing. This has just been executed. Be accountable. And that Mm. mind shift, mind shift. You can't have a hard shift if your mind's not there. We can want something all day, but once you get it, then you're like, ah, that's not what I wanted. But if your mind is ready to accept it, then your heart will normally follow along. And you know what? I don't need your heart to follow along. I need your mind mm-hmm. to shift to understand if you're someone that's like, what's the bottom line? Mm-hmm. Then I need you to have the mind shift mm-hmm. of how this will benefit your bottom mm-hmm. line. I'll have that conversation with someone. I don't need all my fuzzies. I would prefer you didn't speak to them and allow the chief mm-hmm. of staff to speak to them and me to speak to them. And you keep signing off on yes. So you have to go in and know who you're dealing with so that it is authentic. Now, one may be the other, you know, mm-hmm. person may be a little bit more warmer. Let them deliver. <laughs> and and so it's that balance of um, understanding. Awesome. Leslie, I'm so proud of you and the work that you're doing. Now. It is much needed. And, you know, it's 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 trendy right now to talk about DE&I, but you are taking the trend right out of it and making it meat and potatoes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely. must be the foundation. Where can people find you online and follow business, you? Or it does not work. I'm everywhere in the, on at the Kava Group. So awesome. you must put the T-H-E-C-A-V-U group. Instagram. Awesome. Well, Facebook, Leslie, you are always LinkedIn, welcome to come back on the show. Short. I am so thrilled wow. that you came on. And having this whole conversation with me is so important. I'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. folks are listening. Yes. Thank you so much. One, it was just Thank great you to so see much. you reconnect. And Bye. like I said, I'm proud of you as well. The Coaches Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Coaches Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.